weak made strong in the Savior's love. I hope that's a, a theme that you've taken away from the life of Moses. Um, and I hope this morning as we study this final lesson on his life, that that theme again will come out, that Moses was not someone who was high and mighty. Moses wasn't someone who always had it together, but he was weak, just like we're weak. He had struggles, just like we have struggles, but he was made strong in his Savior's love, just like we're made strong in our Savior's love as well. We, uh, we've made it to the end. End of a, a series, longest series I think we've ever done here at Bethlehem, uh, 12 weeks in total, uh, but we've made it to the end. Uh, we've made it to the end of Moses' life, that's what we're talking about today. Very fitting that we're at the end of summer today, and uh, I think this whole idea of reaching the end is one that we're just going to pick up on this morning, and, and this whole idea of when, whenever we reach the end of something, Right? And we all reach the end of things. Um, kids, we, each, we reach the end of a semester or we, we reach the end of a school year. We, eat, we reach the end of a, a sports season of some kind. Um, Grown-ups, we reach the end. Maybe it's a project at work. Maybe it's something else that we've been working on at home, some type of project. But we, we, when we reach the end, all of us kind of have a similar goal when we get there. And that goal is that we want to finish well. And the same is true when it comes to life. I know none of us have reached that point because we're here this morning, but when we reach the end of our lives, all of us, we want to, again, finish well. In fact, that, that's a really big theme and a very popular idea in our culture, so popular that in uh, Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which has sold more than 25 million copies around the world, just in print, um, that's his second habit of people that he says are highly effective. And to get our minds kind of thinking about, thinking about the end, as Moses is kind of doing in his life today, and as we're looking at his life, I actually want to read from his book, this second chapter, um, a couple of paragraphs, and I would just ask you to indulge me in this. It's going to take me a minute or two to read it, but I'd, I'd ask you to do what he's asking you to do um, through this, and this is really to do it like a mental exercise um, for yourself. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this. In your mind's eye, See yourself going to the funeral of a loved one. Picture yourself driving to the funeral parlor or chapel, parking the car and getting out. As you walk inside the building, you notice the flowers, the soft organ music. You see the faces of friends and family as you pass along the way. You feel the shared sorrow of losing, the joy of having known that radiates from the hearts of the people there. As you walk down to the front of the room and look inside the casket, you suddenly come face to face with yourself. This is your funeral three years from today. All these people have come to honor you, to express feelings of love and appreciation for your life. As you take a seat and wait for the service to begin, you look at the program in your hand. There are to be four speakers. The first is from your family, immediate and also extended children, brothers, sisters, nephews, nieces, aunts, uncles, cousins, and grandparents who have come from all over the country to attend. The second speaker is one of your friends, someone who can give a sense of what you were as a person. The third speaker is from your work or profession, and the fourth is from your church or some community organization where you've been involved in service. Now think deeply. What would you like each one of these speakers to say about you and your life? 
What kind of husband, wife, father, or mother would you like their words to reflect? What kind of son or daughter or cousin, what kind of friend, what kind of working associate? What, what character would you like them to have seen in you? What contributions, what achievements would you want them to remember? Look carefully at the people around you. What difference would you like to have made in their lives? Not necessarily an easy task to be looking ahead to the end of our lives and to be thinking through how do we want to end well? But isn't it true that all of us want to end well? Again, whatever it is that we're working on or whether we're talking about our lives, we want to end well. And how do we end well in this life? How do we live out each day anticipating and planning to end well at the end of our lives just like Moses did, right? I mean, we we read just a a couple of minutes ago from Deuteronomy chapter 34, the end of Moses' life, and some of the things that were said there about Moses at the end of his life, I mean, surely it indicates that this man finished life well. No prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and all his officials, and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. I mean, the man finished well, right? To have those things written down in the pages of Scripture about Moses. He finished well. In fact, Moses finished so well that the the verses we're going to look at today, six verses from Hebrews chapter 11, And in case you're unfamiliar with Hebrews chapter 11, um, that chapter has its own special title in the Bible. And the title is this. Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of faith chapter in the Bible. I mean, you, you make it into Hebrews chapter 11 because you were known for your great faith. You ended your life well. Moses, in that one chapter, has six verses dedicated just to him. The man finished well. And there's a lesson for us to learn this morning from Hebrews chapter 11 about how Moses finished well. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now before we do that, I just want to talk about two things having to do with the fact that life is a journey. I know that's kind of a cliche. You probably hear that in a lot of different places. But life truly is a journey. And there are ebbs and flows, right? There are changes in direction, there are unexpected things that happen, and it's just kind of this journey that we are on. And one of the things that we need to realize about ourselves as we're on this journey of life is that life is a process, not a project. Life itself, this Christian life that we are living, it is a process, not a project. Now, that's an important distinction for us to make, and I just want to camp out there for a second, because we are project-oriented people by nature. Probably all of us are. And and we like projects. We like to kind of sit down, figure out what it is that we need to do, kind of draw up the plans to make it happen, execute those plans, check it off, be done with it, move on to the next thing. Come to the next project, kind of figure it out, plan it out, execute it, check it off, and move on. That's kind of the way we like to work in life. 
But when it comes to our lives as Christians, it is not a project that we figure out, come up with plans, execute, check off, move on. It is a process where there is continual ebbs and flows. There are changes in direction. There are unexpected things that happen. There are high points and there are low points, but it is a process along the way that we never fully complete until we're done, until we've reached the end. And we want to reach the end and end well. So how do we, in the process, finish well at the end? So life is a process. Second thing about this idea that life is a journey that we need to pay attention to this morning is that in this journey of life, the thing that is most important is the destination, the final place where we end up at the end of our lives. And again, for us as Christians, for us who who believe in God, we want to end well, and what that means is that the destination for us is Jesus. The destination for our lives, the direction where this thing is heading, is finally and ultimately heaven, where we spend eternity with Jesus. And so that's where we always want to be headed. And that's the thing that is most important on this journey of life that we are on. It's a process, not a project, It's not something that we kind of check off as we've accomplished it, but it's a process, and along the way, along the journey, we're always pointing towards the final destination, which is Jesus, which is where Moses ended, and he ended well, and we want to learn from him today. So, We're going to turn this morning to Hebrews chapter 11, great heroes of the faith chapter of the Bible, Um, and that's really this theme of this chapter in the Bible. It's really this idea of faith, and at the end of what we're talking about today, we really want to understand what is this concept, this idea of faith? What does it mean? What did it mean for Moses in his life? What does it mean for us in our lives, and what does faith have to do with ending well? at the end of our lives. So Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse uh, 23. By faith, there's our theme, going to keep coming back to that. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now, we talked about that the very first week of this series. I know it's going back quite a ways, three months, so I'm going to just quickly review that. Um, Moses' parents lived in the nation of Egypt. The king of Egypt, Pharaoh, had decided that there were too many Israelites in, in Egypt and that there couldn't be any more. And so his plan was, and his, what he, um, his edict was, is that there could be no more Israelite baby boys. If one was born, it had to die. That was what was going on when Moses was born. And there was a punishment for those who disobeyed the king's edict. They would be killed as well. Moses' parents decided that they were not going to follow the king's edict, so they kept him hidden for three months. When he was three months old, they built a basket, they put Moses inside, they pushed it in the Nile River, where there are crocodiles that get hungry for things that they can eat, like a baby. But by faith, 
Moses' parents, by faith, they disobeyed the king's edict. And by faith, they trusted without reservation that God would take care of their son. And that is exactly what God did. But they acted by faith. Now, I just want to point out here real quick, the rest of the verses, the next five verses that we're going to talk about, all have to do with Moses specifically. This first verse talked about Moses' parents and how by faith they acted. Now we're going to talk five verses, how by faith Moses acts. Do you see the connection, parents? Moses' parents act by faith. They live by faith. They share their faith. They make their faith known in their home to their children. Parents, the tremendous responsibility and privilege that we have to, by faith, raise up our children to live by faith. That's exactly what Moses' parents were doing. Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. All right? So Moses grew up with the best of everything. First 40 years of his life, we talked about that. First 40 years of his life, he grows up as royalty in Egypt. He has the best of everything. The best education, the best food, the best health care, the best anything that is available. Moses has it all. And that we're told that by faith, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh. Do you understand what Moses is giving up there? I mean, he's giving up the best that the world has to offer. I mean, had Moses stayed in the house of Pharaoh, there is a good possibility that, that Moses would have been the next Pharaoh. Had he not refused to not be... To, to, had he not refused to be taken out of Pharaoh's house, there very likely this day could be a sphinx in Egypt with Moses' face on it. Or a pyramid built in Moses' honor. Yet he refused to stay in Pharaoh's house by faith. We're going to explore that a little bit more. Verse 25. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He chose. He chose. Moses got to a point where he was looking at the journey before him and there was a fork in the road. And down one fork of that road, in the short term, there were going to be pleasures beyond belief. And down that other road, in the short term, there was going to be mistreatment of himself. But further down that road of mistreatment, there was a prize, there was a reward, there was the ultimate goal of Moses' life. And Moses had a choice which path to follow. We have choices all the time. Choices which impact our short-term, immediate future and choices that impact our long-term, ultimate goal. And we, by faith, choose to stick on the path of the ultimate goal of heaven. The destination 
is what counts ultimately, not the short-term rewards and pleasures of this life. Verse 26, he, re dis he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was what? Looking ahead to his reward. So in the short term, he knew that if he left Pharaoh's house, there was going to be not only mistreatment, there was going to be disgrace, there was going to be the walking away from pleasures of this world. But ultimately, looking ahead to the ultimate reward of heaven was far more important than the short-term rewards of life. And so Moses, again, made a choice by faith. He's a man who lives by faith. Did he understand how it was all going to work out? Did he understand that by making this choice instead of that choice, did he understand how that mistreatment was going to work out? Did he understand exactly what that disgrace was going to be? Did he fully understand everything that he was giving up in the short term to get the ultimate reward? Probably not. But by faith, that is trust without reservation, by faith, he lived his life and made choices with the ultimate goal in mind. Verse 27, by faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He couldn't see God, but he could see what God was doing in his life. We can't see God either, but we can see what God is doing in our lives. And by faith, we can face life without fear, trusting in the God we can't see without reservation because we know what he is able to do. Verse 28, by faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Now, I know that that's kind of a, a weird phrase. If you weren't here when we talked about the, the Passover and the actual leaving of um, Egypt, um, very kind of a strange deal. Um, God had the Israelites sacrifice or, or slaughter a lamb. They were to catch the blood of the lamb, and then they were supposed to paint that blood on the door frames of their houses. Now, if you grew up in church or you've been coming to Bethlehem for a while, you're probably kind of familiar with that idea. We talk about that um, from time to time, and it might not seem like all that strange of a thing. Um, if we were Jewish people, it would not be a strange concept at all. It would be a very familiar thing. But think about it from Moses' perspective. Never done anything like that. Ever. Slaughter a lamb, catch the blood, paint it on the doorposts of our home. Somehow that's going to keep us safe. Yeah, right. That's weird, and it's strange, and it would have been difficult. There would have been ridicule for what Moses and the Israelites are doing, and yet we are told that Moses, by faith, followed God's commands. Man, students here today, isn't that the truth? Uh, following God by faith, sometimes that's just strange in the culture that we live in. It's just weird, and people don't understand, and sometimes there's ridicule. And yet, by faith, 
We follow God's commands. By faith, we live out our lives in obedience to God, having the ultimate goal in mind. And that's what Moses is remembered for. I mean, that's why he's in the great heroes of faith, chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. Because he's a man who lived by faith. And wouldn't you like to have a faith like Moses, right? Wouldn't I like to have a faith like Moses? A faith that allows us to make those choices, those difficult choices. A faith that allows us to look at the, the, the immediate pleasures of life, but to keep the ultimate focus and the end of life in mind and to live out our lives by faith with that ultimate goal in mind. Wouldn't you like to have a faith like that? Isn't it true that we can look at the life of Moses, we can kind of wrap up this series, we can look at these six verses from Hebrews chapter 11, and we can get this idea in our head that Moses was like this great man of faith. And that Moses is kind of up on this pedestal, and that Moses is just this man that had it all together, had it all figured out. But is that true? Is that what we've seen over the last 11 weeks? Or have we seen a man that was always in process? Haven't we seen a man who's had his own struggles? A man who who struggled with, with doubt? A man who struggled with complaining? A man, as we talked about last week, that struggled with anger really throughout his whole life? I mean, isn't Moses, as we've looked at, isn't Moses a man just like us? People with struggles, people who complain, people who doubt, people that aren't perfect, people who have anger management issues. I mean, isn't that us? And we are in process throughout life. Yeah, sure, Moses makes it to Hebrews chapter 11. But it's not as if Moses kind of sat down, figured it out, put up a plan, executed it, checked it off. Yep, great faith. Got this whole faith thing figured out. Never doubt, never complain, never have challenges. That wasn't Moses. And that's not us. But Moses lived by faith. He kept coming back to the God who is able. The God who loved him. The God who showed him mercy. And that's how Moses lived by faith. The same has got to be true for us. A couple of weeks ago, some of you probably do this on a much more regular basis, but a couple of weeks ago, I hooked hooked up my iPod to the computer to uh, transfer some music, to do some syncing. And does anybody know when you plug in that iPod or iPhone or iPod, uh, pad, any of those things. <laughs> um, you plug that in to the computer. Do you know what it says on your screen? First, it gives you the little Apple logo. They got to get that plug in there. But then, do you know what it says? Do not disconnect. Do not. Di- you're going to mess it up if you disconnect right now. That's my final encouragement for you as we finish this series on the life of Moses. Do not disconnect. There are going to be 
challenges. There are going to be ups and downs. There's going to be anger. There's going to be sin in our lives, just like there was for Moses. But do not disconnect. Remember that you are a work in process. That's probably one of the things that I hear as a pastor the most, that people come back and they have this issue that they've been struggling with for a long time, and they kind of look at that issue, that sin in their lives that kind of keeps creeping out, that they try to address, and then it keeps coming back, and they, they bring that, and they're like, I just don't understand. I try to fight this. I try to work against this, and yet it keeps coming in my life. What's wrong with me? You're a human being, a child of God who is in process. And do not disconnect. Continue to trust in God without reservation because that's what this life is all about. Continue to have that ultimate goal in mind and just keep on trusting. Just keep on having faith in God that this plan ultimately works out for your good, for your eternal good. And live by faith. Trust without reservation in the God of mercy, the God of grace, the God who loves us, the God who is all-powerful. That's our God, and we live by faith. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Lord God, we thank you for these weeks in studying the life of Moses. Lord, we thank you that you used him to lead your people out of Egypt. We, Lord, we, we thank you that through those people that he led out of Egypt, that through that line of people, the Savior of the world would come. For people like Moses who were in process, people like Moses who didn't have it all together, people like Moses who struggled with sin, people like us who are in process, people like us who don't always have it together, people like us who still struggle with sin. Lord, we, we thank you that you are a God of mercy and grace, that you are a God who loves us. And Lord, we ask that you would strengthen our faith in you, that we would be people who live by faith, trust without reservation in you as we live out each day, keeping the end in mind. Lord, we thank you for Jesus and everything he has done for us. And we continue by praying.